So here we are at Macharata, one of the uh, cities or towns that had a Eucharistic miracle. One of the things about having a custom-made pilgrimage is that we can do things that haven't been done before. One of the challenges is that we're doing things that haven't been done before. And so, as we experienced, trying to even find the location of this particular church was a challenge. Um, and unfortunately, the, uh, the cathedral where the relics of the Eucharistic miracle are kept is um, closed because of, that, uh, because of that earthquake in 2016. Um, but we do the best that we can, and we're still blessed to be in the same town that a Eucharistic miracle took place. Uh, we're blessed to be in a church that's named after the Immaculate Conception, considering that's the name of our parish. So there's a connection there, which is nice. Um, and we were very blessed, especially as we consider what happened at Ophida. I mean, at the best that I could guess would be that we would get to see the relics. I was caught by surprise and awe and a lot of gratitude to actually be blessed with the relics. Um, and to have the priest stay with us and tell us about the miracle for as long as he did uh, was also a pleasant surprise. And wasn't that just a wonderful experience? And so it's important for us to, to be grateful for all that we are able to receive. And even though we didn't get to see the, uh, the relics of the miracle here at Macharata, um, we're still celebrating Mass in this city. Uh, we were reminded on our bus ride of what happened at that miracle, that um, a priest in 1356 was celebrating Mass, and he had doubts about, about Jesus becoming really present in the Eucharist, um, about transubstantiation, which is really a, a huge, big word. Uh, what does that even mean? Um, trans, meaning transition or changing, um, substance is a reference to what a thing is. So with transubstantiation, we're changing what a thing is. Substance more literally means to stand under. So like what's underneath, what is it actually? When we look at bread, it is just bread until the consecration. The wine is just wine until the consecration. Then the appearance remains the same, but its whatness, its substance, changes. What's underneath is different. This can be hard for us to understand because typically what something looks like, that's what it is. But perhaps, um, perhaps an analogy could be helpful. If, for example, there was someone who put on a ski suit such that you couldn't see any part of their, their skin, and that person in a ski suit just kind of like put themselves in a particular pose. You might think, okay, well, this is a person in a ski suit, um, and they just stopped moving. Well, if you came back later, you might see them still in the same pose. You might still think that it's a person, but perhaps the ski suit was taken off and a mannequin put in its place. What's underneath could have changed, while what appears, the outer appearance, could remain the same by putting the ski suit on the mannequin. Now, of course, that's an imperfect analogy because if we take a host and we break it to small pieces, it still looks like bread. The substance, the whatness has changed, even though the appearance remains the same. And when we 
think about the Eucharist in that way, it can be hard for us to understand that even the tiniest crumb or particle, if it still looks like a crumb of bread, is still the God of the universe. The smallest little drop of what still looks like wine after the consecration is actually the blood of our Lord. And that where one is, so are the others. So if we have his body, the Lord is resurrected from the dead, so there also is his blood, his soul, and his divinity. If we have his precious blood because he's risen from the dead and all is united, then we still have his body, soul, and divinity. Because our Lord is risen, he is fully united in his completeness. And so at this miracle of Maturata, the priest had his doubts. But unlike some other miracles where it would change to uh, human flesh or start to bleed immediately after the consecration, this time it took place when the host was fractured, which happens a little bit later at the Mass. And it seems that that's the moment where the doubts were really strong. And so that's the moment where Jesus reassures him, such that when the host is broken, when it's fractured, that's when it bled. But why do we do that at Mass anyway? What's the point, what's the purpose of the priest fracturing the host? It's a sign of sharing. We've probably heard of the term breaking of the bread. Um, in fact, in sacred scripture, that is the term that is used frequently to represent and mean mass at different parts. We see that at the end of the Gospel of John. We see it also in the Acts of the Apostles. It's referred to that way in some of the other places in the New Testament as well, the breaking of the bread. And so we still do that. The breaking of the bread is a sign of sharing. So Christ, he was broken on the cross, which is represented, his death is represented through the separate consecrations, body first, then blood. Why? Because if you separate the two, a person dies, right? So we have the death represented before us, through the separate consecrations. But we have the sign of sharing, that, that Jesus gave his life for all. He wanted to share himself with the community. And the breaking of the bread, it's broken for the sake of sharing. So we have that represented, too, in the celebration of the Mass. The breaking of the host is for the sake of having it shared with the people. Um, and some people may also notice that uh, the priest also fractures a small piece and drops it into the precious blood. So if we have the separate consecrations making present to us the death of Christ, what happens when body and blood are united? Well, it seems like we're looking at the resurrection, right? And so we have these things, these mysteries of Christ's life being made present to us in the celebration of the Mass, and we understand this also because of sacred scripture. And today we are celebrating St. Jerome. St. Jerome has many famous lines. He is the doctor of the church that translated the Bible from multiple languages into one Latin language, which was used for about 1,500 years in the church. There were minor changes to the translations over time, but for the most part, we pretty much stayed with the translation that St. Jerome had given us uh, when he had put it together around the fourth century. So St. Jerome is known for saying many things, including one of his remarks, ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ. 
One of the ways that we are able to enter into the mystery of our Lord is to learn about him from what he has given us through sacred scripture. In the celebration of the Mass, we have uh, the reading of sacred scripture so that we can encounter the Lord through that and prepare us for encountering the Lord as he comes to us in the most Holy Eucharist.